Hey everybody, welcome back to Review of Mania. My name is Rob, along with Zach. Yo, oh wait, wait, hold, sorry. Hey yo. Okay, that happened. So, <laughs> we're finally back. WrestleMania 30. Yeah, well, it's the 30th anniversary of WrestleMania. Not really, it's the 29th, but don't tell the WWE that. And I thought I'd just pay tribute to one of their biggest stars. Yeah, who's not yeah. dead. He's not dead. Surprisingly. Uh, very much so, but... Good. Also good. Yes. So, we're now in the network era. So, how much was the network, Rob? Uh, nine ninety nine. As Booker T once said, actually, no, he said nine 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 nine. It's Booker T. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, no, they had like these little flags that said nine ninety nine, and they made fun of you if you purchased this WrestleMania over the airwaves, like normal. Yeah, normal like pay-per-view. Like, yeah, they're like, what are you doing? You just wasted $40. And it's like, thanks, dudes. That That's a good way to engender good will towards your new streaming pro platform. Yes. Not to mention, when the network first started, the streaming quality was awful. Like, WrestleMania went off without a hitch, from what I remember. But, like, if you wanted to stream anything in the back catalog... There was no bandwidth. So, like, if you were trying to watch old Raws and Nitros, which was one of the selling points, you couldn't do it. Nope. I remember yeah. the, what was it, the week before, they had held an NXT event to kind of test a live, you know, big-to-do show. It was like a week or two before. Anywho, we're now in WrestleMania 30. New Orleans, Louisiana. At the Silverdome. At the Silverdome. <laughs> so, what were your thoughts going into WrestleMania 30 around this time? Uh, I remember being excited uh, for a couple of things. Uh, I was really big into Daniel Bryan's run. So I was like, cool. We're going to see um, one of the best technical wrestlers in the world go up against... Randy Orton and Batista. I wasn't sure if he was going to, like, win, and I guess we'll discuss that later on, but I remember that being a big factor. I also remember uh, Bray Wyatt was very exciting at this time. Um, so those were kind of, like, the two big things that I was looking forward to um, that I remember. I also kind of remember being excited for Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar. Mm -hmm. Um because I remembered that they had some good chemistry back in the early 2000s when I went back and watched some of that stuff. I'll never forget that Hell in a Cell they had. Yes. Yes, definitely. Um, so, like, it was kind of like a three-match card um, in, in terms of, like, what I was excited about. Everything else was just kind of... Meh. Eh. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, this is also, like... CM Punk was gone, and we didn't really know what that meant at the time. We just yeah. knew that he was gone. 2014, this is the year that Punk left at the Royal Rumble, the night after the Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, at the time, they were going to put 
what was it, Triple H and Punk together? Yeah, yeah, it was going to be Triple H and Punk somewhere on the card. It was going to be one of the main events, and like Punk was just like, no, I want to be in the last match on the card. Put me there, and they were just like, no, it's not your time. Bloody, bloody, blah. And Daniel Bryan wasn't even factored in. According, yeah, according, according to, to what CM, yeah, according to what CM Punk has said on that Colt Cabana podcast, which when you go back and listen to that Colt Cabana podcast, which I did fairly recently, um, Punk really doesn't come off very well. Wow, there's a reason he got uh, sued. Well, yes, but like, it's not like he comes. He doesn't come off good against the company. The company itself looks bad, but like. Some of the way that he target targeted people, like Ryback, for example, just was seemed mean spirited. I mean, regardless of like what was going on, and then also just some of the things that he said about Triple H seems to not have panned out from what we know now. Mm. I guess like that he has no talent, that he's stupid. You know these. Sorts At of the things end that... of the day, though, we weren't there. And you're right. Oh, right. I mean, he was upset and bitter. And he yeah. he's even said, like, hey, I was difficult to work with. I know that. You know. And then, Yeah, and then, like, just listening to, like, the way that Cole Cabana was reacting to things. Like, I remember uh, Punk called Ryback, like, steroid guy. And he's, like, here to, like, badmouth anybody and stuff like that. Like, like whoa, I wasn't expecting you to talk like this sort of deal yeah yeah i mean at the end of the day it's just it is what it is i mean punk truly cared and he was treated like shit and he was venting that right, right right controversy creates you know curiosity i mean look what happened we're now seven years later and he's back in aew and he, you know, he tries to make it a point not to sit there and badmouth WWE. Even in his first promo back, you know, he alluded to being in WWE, but he didn't say it or say anyone's name or nothing like that. You know, I, he's grown, he's moved on, and now he doesn't want True. to be in the past. He's like, hey, I'm worth worrying about no, today think... and tomorrow. It's not worrying about seven years ago. Right, and I mean, I how would you like husband. it? How would you like it if everyone said, "Oh, you were so much better"? Yeah, your last job seven years ago. You know, and all they talked about was seven years ago. Your last job, that get annoying. I, I mean, it would get annoying. Although, can we do? Can we agree that long tights punk is not the best punk? I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just joking. Ah, I don't care don't, either way. <laughs> he's an older. No. he is an older, wiser gentleman. Right. No, I'm, I think it's I think it's also to protect the tattoos that are now on his legs. Yes. Uh, no, I was just joking. The but fuck like... Vince McMahon tattoo. Uh, anyway, but yeah. So WrestleMania 30. I remember I invited a coworker over and we watched this. We ordered some pizza, and uh, yeah. I mean, I remember. Obviously, I don't take what Punk said that, oh, uh, Daniel Bryan wasn't figured in. If they were truly going Punk versus Triple H, it doesn't make... Was it the... Was this the... It was 2013, the summer that 
Triple A or was it Daniel Bryan won at SummerSlam and then Triple H turned on him, or was that this year's SummerSlam? No. So it was at the SummerSlam before this WrestleMania. So it was yeah, okay, thirteen. So yeah. um, yeah. So yeah, I mean that makes no sense. Why would you do that big turn angle and then not pay it off until WrestleMania? Like, that's where I kind of question, like, um, you know, did, you're telling me they didn't have any plans, like, bullshit. Right. I mean, like, we know that WWE doesn't necessarily do long-term story planning often, but sometimes, like, if they have a person that they like, they will do a long-term storyline, especially if they know that the person will uh, follow through. And it's Triple H. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. So. All right. Uh, this was April 6, 2014. A jazz band is showing memories of WrestleMania's past. And tonight there will be a new chapter to this unfinished book. We then seamlessly glide into the marquee matches of WrestleMania tonight. The three-way match featuring Bray Wyatt, John Cena, uh... Apparently, I didn't write down the third person because no one knows yet. And uh, it's all set to Kid Rock's Let's Celebrate. A, I don't know, stupid... WWE likes Kid Rock. I don't know why anybody likes Kid Rock after, like, his first, like... the Like, Kid Rock changed a lot as a performer, which, yes. you know, sometimes happens, but, like... Yeah. The... the People who would like Kid Rock back when he first started, which yeah, is I like Ba like, with the Ba and Cowboy yeah, and you know that same group that would listen to Three Dollar Billy All by Limp Biscuit, yeah, isn't going to necessarily be the people who are going to listen to Let's Celebrate and that Leonard Skinnerd version thing that he did. Yes, Michael Cole welcomes us to WrestleMania. Justin Roberts in and introduces the host of WrestleMania. Hulk Hogan, a pre-known racist tirade caught on tape, Hulk Hogan. However, a freshly returned from Impact Wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Oh, yes. He comes because, out. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, 2014, like, I think he left Impact in, like, late in, in like, December or, like, February. It was, like, very close, and then all of a sudden he was at WrestleMania. Within a couple of months. Like, it was a quick turnaround. So he comes out in his feather boa and a Hulk Rules shirt. But then he has a plain black pair of jeans and tennis shoes. He's trying to be be weird, weird hip Hogan. (laughs) I think that's probably just the things that he could get on. Because as you can see, as he was walking down the ramp, he was really limping. He was. It's like he still had Dixie Carter still on his leg. No, Hulk. Please. Uh, on the booth tonight is Michael Cole, JBL, and Jerry Lawler. Oh, boy. JBL. Oh, yeah. My my favorite. Yes. These guys are fun to watch. You know. Uh, the worst call. Anyway. Hogan says he wants to welcome everyone to the Silver Dome. And everyone watching yeah. on the WWE Network to tear the roof off this place in New Orleans. 
He then says At he least. was the first WrestleMania. Oh, let me finish this and I'll let you. Okay. He then says it was the first WrestleMania at MSG, and now 30 years later, it's he's at the Silver Dome. And then he sees the gears turning in his head, and then a light bulb goes out. He says, Oh! I meant the Superdome, brothers! As the announcers are laughing their ass off. We'll, I'll, I'll give him this. At least he knew what city he was in. Yes. I don't blame um, him. Come on. Silverdome, Superdome. I had slip of the tongue. It made it, right, memor- it made it memorable. This could have just been Joe Blow, Hulk Hogan, what you gonna do, all my Hulkamaniacs. No. This is gonna be remembered as a time Hulk Hogan fucked up the arena name, and you're never gonna forget it. Right, and it's not like oddly offensive like the last time he missed the lineup in a big WrestleMania storyline. Yes. Yes. As Hogan is talking about special moments, the glass shatters and out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. JBL says he wants to see Austin stun Hulk Hogan. He does a shtick. He says he's glad to be back at the Silverdome. He then asks the crowd if he should open a can of whoop-ass on Hulk Hogan. Everyone yells, hell yeah. Austin says that he saw everything Hogan did starting at WrestleMania 1, which I beg to fucking differ, but whatever. I mean, he he might have been watching. I mean, I think uh, Austin's career started in 1989, back in in Texas. So it would make make sense that he might have watched. I don't know. The way he makes it sound like he's, I was just channel surfing, and then... The Sportatorium WrestleMania show came on, and I was like, oh, brother, I think I could watch that and do that, because I'm working down at the docks. I don't know. Anyway. But he goes, I started watching Hulk Night WrestleMania 1. What? WrestleMania 2. What? WrestleMania 3. What? All the way to WrestleMania 10. Because as but we Hogan all know... wasn't on. <laughs> I know, exactly. Uh... Austin then says the current superstars are here to entertain our a- to entertain our asses, and then a "Do you smell what the Rock is cooking?" comes out. He walks up to the entrance for five minutes, does his shtick. Uh, I was able to get up, put my plate away because I was eating dinner. I took a piss, I washed my hands, and then I sat down, and the Rock finally started speaking. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, Rock. Well, I can say that I was watching this on Peacock, and uh, I don't have the Peacock that doesn't have commercials. Mm-hmm. So there were, I kid you not, three commercial breaks during this one segment. Eek. And so there was a commercial break right after Hulk Hogan spoke, and then there was another one right after Steve Austin spoke, and then one right before The Rock spoke. Jesus Christ. <laughs> And I was like, really? Do I really need to hear about Halloween Kills for the third time in a row? You do. It's a terrible movie, by the way. Don't go see it. I don't plan on it. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Rock started speaking. He's glad to see The Rock taking some time for everyone like normal. Talking to everyone like normal. He does his catchphrases. Says that they are back at the Superdome. As Hulk Hogan laughs. Rock brings up the fact that he faced both men at WrestleMania 
And then he gets into the matches tonight and talks about John Cena as the crowd boos. He then starts to talk about Daniel Bryan and the whole arena cheers. And a yes chant starts. He then says there's tons of WWE fans who have birthdays nine months after WrestleMania because they watched The Rock at WrestleMania. So apparently all the women, you know, just got their uh, got their juices flowing, you know, just by seeing The Rock on TV. Yeah, I mean, this was really gross. It like, was. Rock. I was like, what the fuck, yeah. Rock? <laughs> this is like when he was... This is back like... It it were it was very reminiscent of when he started talking about poontang pie back in the nineties, and it's just like Rock, stop. Yeah, you're. I know you're trying to be cool, but you're not cool. <sighs> so yeah, that's how it ends. They then do a great promo package, showing the rise of Daniel Bryan since entering the WWE, and the fight against Triple H and the Authority and the Yes Movement. Stephen McMahon is already standing in the ring. When we come back from the promo package, she introduces her husband, Triple H. Opera music plays, and out comes Triple H in his crazy Conan the Barbarian gear on a throne with soon-to-be well-known women's champions. Triple H has a gold mask, body armor, and a helmet. Yeah. Can so you name was... the two masked female vixens next to him? Yeah. Well, there were three there. Um, it was Charlotte Flair, there was Sasha Banks, and then down at the side was Alexa Bliss. Yeah, just crazy. And this was back when Alexa Bliss had blue hair. So even though she had the gold mask on, it, it was a little weird to see the blue tips of her hair <laughs> going by. It did not fit with the costume. Flight of the Concords plays, and up comes Daniel Bryan, and everyone goes okay. nuts. It's not Flight of the Concords. It's Flight of the Valkyries. Flight of the Concords oh. is that show on Whoops. HBO. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mistyped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, if we wanted to like talk about, like, uh, what is it, like, they have a bit about a racist dragon, we can. But, like, no, it's, it's, it's the German dude who actually was fun... Like, the Nazis were fond of his music. So it's weird that Daniel Bryan comes out to that. But anyway. Well, it's uh, it, it, here's the thing. It's a public domain song that WWE doesn't have to pay for. True, because Jim Johnston was on his way out at this point. Yeah, sadly. Uh, everyone goes nuts. The winner of the match will face off for the WWE Championship later in the night triple in the triple threat match. So that's why I didn't have the name. Uh, with Daniel, Daniel, or with Batista and, uh, I must have fucked up. Randy. Okay. Yeah, sorry. It was John Cena versus Bray Wyatt and Batista versus Randy Orton versus the winner. Okay, sorry. That, yeah, I had my notes fucked up. Yeah, that's okay. Okay. So, we start off with a hot opener. Triple H, Curtain Jerkin versus Daniel Bryan. With furry boots. Yes, furry boots. And all. Daniel Bryan's shoulder is taped up as the ref Charles Robinson. This is Triple H's 18th match at WrestleMania. The entire front row has yes signs. Triple H offers his hand and the crowd boos. Daniel Bryan kicks his hand away like a badass. Can't just slap it away. He has to fucking kick it away. He has to show off his furry boots. Yes. 
he gets a quick roll up for a two count. Triple H works over the shoulder. The audio was really weird. It kept going loud and then quiet. And that included everything from the crowd to the announcers to the ringside audio. Yeah, you know, they had some weird technical issues during the show. I think it probably had to do with the streaming. Could have been. Um, Brian hits a swinging DDT off the, off the ring apron to Triple H on the floor. Triple H clears off the English announce table with Daniel Bryan fights back. Triple H uh, just slams his head and shoulder into the table. Uh, and they jump off of Stephanie in the background. He's yelling, yes, yes, yes. I love Stephanie in this match. Did you notice that Stephanie was dressed up like Triple H back in 1996? Yes. I thought that was really cool. <laughs> She's like, I don't know what to wear, honey. Just look, just, just look at my stuff from 96, Steph. Okay. I don't know how to tie a cravat. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> Sean always did it for me. Oh, no, China. Oh, God. That's sad. Yeah, it is. Did you watch that China documentary? No, I, I didn't. It's really sad. Even my wife watched it with me, and she's like, that's sad. Was that a Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, it was a standalone documentary. Oh, it was okay. a China? It was weird. There was a China Dark Side of the Ring, and then that same week, there was a, uh independent one. I forget. What, I, I have it. I just don't remember what it aired on oh i think they canceled the china dark side of the ring now that i'm remembering it and they replaced it with a luna vachon one uh no they did a china one. Oh, they did okay yeah it was literally the same week they had two china documentaries um one I'm, dark be- side I'm behind i'm behind on my wrestling documentaries ah well, i watched all of dark side um i have them all if you want to watch them not a big deal but, uh, yeah. Okay. Anywho. Sorry. Off topic. Anywho, getting back into the match. Triple H counters a uh, third attempt for a double underhook suplex. Uh, and gets his own. He hits a clothesline. To tri- uh, at the end of it, Triple H tries for a pedigree, but Brian slips out. Daniel hits another running kick to Triple H to take him down. The crowd is going nuts at this point. Daniel climbs the top rope, goes for a flying headbutt or something. And Triple H gets his foot up in advance. And Triple H puts Brian into an awful looking face lock. Daniel Bryan turns into a pin. Uh, and then gets his own face lock. Um, Triple H eventually gets the bottom rope break the hold. To break the hold. Daniel Bryan uh, then gets the back-to-back suicide dives for the middle rope. He then hits his yes kicks. Missile drop kick by Bryan. More yes kicks as the crowd chants along. Uh, Triple H is able to kick out though. Brian tries for a running knee. After hyping up the crowd, Triple H then hits a spine buster and a pedigree. But Brian, uh, Brian is able to kick out. Triple H then hits knees to the side of the head and tries for another pedigree, but it's reversed. Uh, with a kick to the side of the face, a missed kick by Brian, but then hits a running knee out of nowhere for the pin at 25 minutes and 59 seconds. So. Uh, actually, let me finish the notes here, and then we can talk about the match. Yeah. After the match, an angry Stephen McMahon slaps Daniel Bryan, and this gives Triple H the opportunity to attack and then use a steel chair against the bad shoulder of Daniel Bryan, setting up the, oh my god, you know, it's now worse than ever. 
JBL went from being furious that Brian had won to having disdain for Triple H for attacking Brian after the match. Like, uh, fuck off, JBL. Know your place. Yeah, no, like, JB, JBL sucks as a commentator. I was so upset when he came back. Because he's just... It was wow. so weird because he's like, Oh, fucking Daniel Bryan! That fucking pipsqueak! Oh. And then, like, he's an attack. He's like, Oh, fuck that Triple H! That jackass! Like, right, because he's like... He, like you're he's, supposed to be healed, JBL. Yeah, he's a heel sometimes, but, like, if something really bad happens, he can't be too bad a heel because I think people still have... It was like Michael Cole. He had to be a heel yeah. against, Jer- against Jerry Lawler. But then, like, everything else, it was like, good guy, Michael Cole. Or it's like, oh, hold on. Fuck your mom, Jerry Lawler. I'm glad she's dead. Hey, Raw is sponsored by Skittles. Eat the rainbow. And by the chaperone. On Blu-ray now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fuck you, Jerry Lawler. Yeah, no, it was awful. And so, yeah, no. I mean, I have a couple of, like, um... Quotes from, or I have one quote from JPL from this match, which is the brain don't rust. Yes, yes, it does. It's called you use it or you lose it. You're not going to remember everything. Yeah, no, the brain don't rust. All right. And then, and then Stephanie also said, nobody does it like you, Hunter. (laughs) (laughs) At one point, which I was just like, yes, that's great. Um, what I was, the spot that I think everybody remembers is when um, Triple H finally gets um, Daniel Bryan's arms behind him, does a tiger suplex uh, of all things, and dumps Daniel Bryan on the back of his head. Everybody's like, oh my god, a tiger suplex. We haven't seen one of these in forever. In the WWF, like in forever. Um, Since Tiger Ali Singh. Like, um, tiger Ali. Tiger Ali seeing did a tiger suplex. Probably not. Did his name. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that that Spinebuster and Pedigree. I was like, oh fuck, this is this WrestleMania 19 all over again. <laughs> uh this match was good, but it, it loses something after seeing it and after watching the entire event. Like, this is one of those matches that definitely plays on the Oh shit! You don't know what's gonna happen. Like you suspect uh, Triple H is gonna lose, but the match is very much on the predication of Triple H might win. And obviously, right. if you've watched the show and you've watched WrestleMania's past or you know WrestleMania since then, you obviously know the outcome. So yeah, the match exactly. really loses its quality because it's like, well, duh, Daniel Bryan wins. We know that now, but at the time. Um, you know, you just didn't know. It is similar with the, uh, the, 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 the Undertaker matches. Like, unfortunately, they're great at the time, but upon reviewing at a future date, it's kind of like, well, this lost a lot of steam. Right. Like, the drama of who's going to win is definitely reduced to next to nothing. We obviously know who's going to win all of these matches we could look it up and not even watch the events if we if we wanted to do that the greatness of this match is really in that daniel bryan is doing 
his technical wrestling thing mm -hmm. and triple h is trying to match his technical wrestling thing mm -hmm. and he's surprisingly good at it <laughs> i mean here's the thing and i i mean don't get me wrong we i mean i don't know were you watching raw and stuff in 2001 2002 2003 2004 time period like as no. it aired okay well no. i did during the evolution years of triple h and it was bad. And, right. you know, everyone seems to always remember, you know, Triple H burying everybody. And it was true. He did. But he still gets a reputation of like, oh, he's going to bury Daniel Bryan. You know, he's going to fucking put himself over. And it's like, dude, he's gotten older. Obviously, now that he does... uh. Well, now not so much anymore NXT, but you know that he ran NXT and such. Um, right. You know he's he's changed obviously, and here obviously, you know, Triple H still wanted to look good, make him look even with with Daniel Bryan, but ultimately he puts Daniel Bryan over, and as we've seen through these WrestleManias, he puts a lot of people over at WrestleMania. He's not going he over, does. you know, every freaking year. I mean, WrestleMania 19 was the height of fucking Triple H and his bullshit with Booker T. Yeah, you could you could argue that like there have been three major people that he should have put over that he didn't when it really counted at like well two at WrestleMania and then one just a year ago uh, at this point in the timeline. So Booker T definitely should have won that match at WrestleMania 19. It would have made him a humongous star. And it would have been healthy for the company, but it didn't happen. And then at WrestleMania 26... I also think, though, to be fair, yeah, obviously it's not Triple H who decides who wins and loses. It's Vince McMahon. And I think if Vince McMahon would have put Booker T over at WrestleMania over Triple H, they would have said, oh, in his mind, oh, WCW is better than WWF. True. I Can't think, do I, I that. Right. If if it had been a year later, because WrestleMania 19 was 2003? It was. 2002. Yes. No, uh, 2003. Because okay, 2001 was 17. Right, yes. That's true. So WCW had only been gone for two years. Yes. So, so if it had been a year later at WrestleMania 20... Would, he did put over to WCW guys, technically. He did, Eddie yes. Guerrero and, 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 and Chris and Benoit. Benoit. Yeah. So, like, if it had been a year later and they had done the same thing, I think the outcome might have looked differently. The other major person that Triple H should have put over at WrestleMania was at WrestleMania 26. He should have put Sheamus over, mm -hmm. and he didn't. Mm -hmm. Sheamus got his win back at, like, Extreme Rules or Backlash or whatever. Where it didn't count as much because there's not as many people watching. Yep. So there is that. Also, I think people were nervous because uh, Triple H beat CM Punk at Night of Champions 2012. And that was still, I think, somewhat fresh in people's minds. Yeah. Not that. Daniel Bryan and CM Punk are the same person, but, like, that had happened. So... I think that there was a little bit of worry, but yeah, generally speaking, Triple H puts more people over, especially in the coming years. He's going to put 
Roman Reigns over. He's going to put Seth Rollins over. He's going to put a whole bunch of new guys over. And this is the first time that he's done that in a, in a, a few years because he's been facing Undertaker the last couple of years. But yeah. John Cena, Batista, he built those guys. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. So what do you think of the match overall? And what did you think of the ending? Because I got some thoughts on the ending. Uh, or the aftermatch, I should say, not the ending. Okay. Um, I, like I said, I like the match. I am a fan of technical wrestling. So I like watching Daniel Bryan do his technical wrestling stuff. And like I said, seeing Triple H do that same sort of style, because he's much more punch kick, big throws type of person, especially in this part of his career, seeing him do something else was refreshing. It was a different match out of Triple H when we often don't get a different match out of him. So I thought overall it was a good match. I agree with you that watching it back, it doesn't hold the same drama as it did, but it's still, I'd say, a three out of five match, given that the drama is next to nothing now. Mm-hmm. Um. What about the aftermath of the match, the attack? I mean, they had to do that, I think, to be like the odds are way out of out of out of it. I see I, I I disagree. <coughs> I feel like Triple H is a more than enough like to say like, oh man, Triple H Barry took it to the limit, but he got that you know, that running knee draw kick out of the out of nowhere to get that three. I they should have mm. just left it there. This is basically Triple H saying, Oh, I'm not good enough, so I might as well injure the shit out of him. Well, yes, but WWE's a heat magnet. They always go for too much heat. Yeah, true. It's part of their it, it's part of their product. So like I'm just like I'm thinking like of course they're going to do that because then when Daniel Bryan wins, it's in even bigger odds that he had to overcome. Not only did he have to beat two world champions, he also had to overcome all these shoulder injuries and stuff like that. I guess. All right, moving on. There's a weird edit where they show the Superdome, and then the New Age Outlaws music plays. And then, I'm sad that we didn't see Road Dogg's entrance properly. I'm, I'm confused why. But then the Shields music just hits... And then they pretty quickly uh, just shut, shut. They just shut them up. They yeah, literally have I, this like, "Hey, it's me, it's me, it's the old darn it, darn it." It's like, uh, okay, what what happened? And I can't remember like if there was like if that was something in like the live edit, like they cut him off then because maybe like Triple H and Daniel Bryan ran late too long. Or... Yeah, I wouldn't yeah. doubt it. Yeah. But yeah, this is a kind of a weird matchup. The Shield and Kane versus the New Age Outlaws. Well, no, it's just the Shield versus Kane and the New Age Outlaws. Oh, sorry, you're right. I, I completely... I looked at the thing and my, went blank and went, oh, yeah. So yeah, it's literally the Shield and Kane. Or versus Kane and the Outlaws. Yeah, my bad. I have it yeah. written down right. I just can't read right. Kane is now Corporate Kane. And I guess the, the worst, the worst edition of Kane. I liked Corporate Kane. I like his little slacks. Um, he looks like everybody. He looks like an elderly grandpa. I'm Grandpa Kane. I'm gonna yeah, take Grandpa your... Kane. And I guess the New Age Outlaws are also heels. Where the Shield are the baby faces? Question mark. Roman and Billy Gunn. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
I was just going to say, at this point, I don't know, like, I think, I think at this point, the S.H.I.E.L.D. have been around for about, about a year, a ye- about yeah. a year, and they had been whipping everybody's asses for so long that they're just over now? Yes. Yeah. So Roman and Billy Gunn, some quick action, Road God comes in and takes out, uh, taken out quickly, uh, the Roman then hits Kane with a Samoan drop, a drive-by on both Road Dog and Billy Gunn. Roman then goes for a Superman punch, but Kane goozles him. And uh, then Rollins comes in and knocks out Count Kane. And he knocks him out of the ring. He hits a flying swanton. Or sorry, it's flying senton off the top rope. Ambrose attacks Road Dog. Billy Gunn eventually finds himself three on one uh, with the shield. Roman hits a spear on Kane and a double. I wrote a double speak. Probably a double spear on Road Dog and Gun. Uh, Ambrose tagged in uh, immediately to Rollins. Uh, then both Road Dog and Billy Gun are double power bombed, and Seth Rollins picks up the win at two minutes and fifty-five seconds. Okay, nothing match. Yeah, this, is this was basically just to like. Prom- I would say, think it was just like, oh, it's just another Shield match. To put them over. And, again, weird things commentary said. Lawler said, Wrestling the Shield is like being married to Larry King. You know it's going to be painful, but at least it doesn't last long. Ha 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 ha. It's like, okay. okay. In the back, we see Sergeant Slaughter and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Speaking of Hacksaw Jim Duggan, hope he gets better soon. Today is October 31st, 2021. Um, yesterday, or sorry, on Friday, October 29th, uh, he went and he had successful prostate cancer removed. So, oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah. He was diagnosed with prostate cancer, but he went to, uh, uh, somewhere in South Carolina, like the University of South Carolina, and had, had his, had that cancer removed and is still recuperating in the hospital. Mm. So hopefully it gets, gets better quick. But yeah, Sergeant Slaughter and Hacksaw Jim Duggan are playing the WWE Slam City action figures. Someone in a suit says that someone else is... Wait. Oh, someone in a suit that says someone else is out. And uh, someone else is here. And out walks a million dollar man. And he laughs. Randomly, Ricky the Dragon just shows up. And Ron Simmons says, damn, and yeah. Great. We have to get the legends in and yes. stuff. Because it's, <clears throat> it's, it's the 30th. Do. WrestleMania. And yes. Ron Simmons has to say, damn. He does. So. Well, you know what? I, I will say this. The uh, Million Dollar Man recently had a good run in NXT. Uh, yeah, that's what I heard. Had some fun with Cameron Grimes, a.k.a. Trevor Lee, as I know him on the independent scene. There he, you go. Who's a, who's a uh, protege of Matt and Jeff Hardy, actually. Huh. Both people. Yeah, uh, trained by their Omega school. Hmm. Um, but yeah, no, he's a lot of fun uh, to watch in the ring. Um, I remember him back in PWG. I haven't really watched his NXT stuff, but gotcha. good wrestler. Next up, we have Andre the Giant Battle Royal. The Big Show gets an entrance, so does Sheamus. Meanwhile, tons of other people are in the ring. The bell rings, everyone fights, everyone... 
does things. Yoshitatsu is the first eliminated. Kofi Kingston skins the cat. So does Cody Rhodes right next to him. It's kind of weird. Brad Maddox is eliminated. The brand manager of SmackDown. Kali knocks out Brodus Clay. Kali then is knocked out by Zack Ryder of all people. Zack Ryder is then slammed, uh, press slammed to the top rope by 3MB. Remember them? JBL says, I'm winning the battle royal. Out of three of them have been WWE champion. Yes. <laughs> JBL says that winning the battle royal will be a career-defining moment. Yeah, sure it will. Darren Young is eliminated. Henry eliminates Jinder Mahal. Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater is press slammed. And then Mark Henry is eliminated by several people. So, yeah. Fun to see where all these people end up. Titus O'Neil is dumped out by the big show. Santino puts the Cobra on, but is stopped by Xavier Woods. The Miz... Oh, by, stopped by both Woods, Woods and The Miz. Miz then is knocked out by a Cobra shot. Santino is quickly eliminated by Alberto Del Rio. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> the boredom is just choking me. Disaster kick by Cody. Uh, Damian Sandow is eliminated. Can't wait for that next year. Or the yeah, year after. Yes. The year of... No, it's next year. Ms. Dow's next year. Big E drops Justin Gabriel and David Otunga's eliminated. Fandango eliminates Big E. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm just gonna go to the fucking end. Fuck, why did I put so much goddamn notes in this? Holy Cesaro shit. Cesaro wins by picking up the Big Show. Yeah, so it's down to Cesaro on Big Show. Cesaro gets out for a chokeslam attempt. A ton of clotheslines do nothing to the Big Show. Cesaro hangs on uh, to the top of the ro- top of the apron. Cesaro then climbs to the top rope. The Big Show slaps Cesaro down out of midair. Cesaro hits an uppercut. He picks up Big Show and throws Big Show over the top rope. When Cesaro picked up the Big Show, the crowd went nuts. And a ton of flash bulbs went off. Awesome feeling. After the match, Big Show offers a hand. Cesaro is the new winner. 1326. His career has been very defined from that from that WrestleMania moment. Uh yes, definitely. It wasn't like he was in the Battle Royal. No, he wasn't in the Battle Royal the next year. He was in the Battle Royal the year after that. In the future, uh, we will see Cesaro tell stories about picking up the Big Show, who weighed over a thousand pounds, and how he didn't even know he was going to win. But I will say that, like, yes, this was not the career-defining moment that Cesaro uh, was promised, but he did eventually eke out a very good career for himself within the he WWE. I'm just, I'm just waiting for those shoot interviews. Oh, the Big Show weighed over a thousand pounds that day. I didn't even know if I was no. gonna win. He won't do that. Oh, he's, he will. He's too busy playing video games on Twitch. <laughs> One of the official songs is "Legacy" by Eminem. Next up is Bray Wyatt versus John Cena. Dun dun dun. We will see a much better Bray Wyatt versus John Cena in a future WrestleMania. I mean, yes. The last WrestleMania I watched. Bray Wyatt (laughs) wants to end the legacy of John Cena at WrestleMania. Huh. Who would have known that the legacy by Eminem and the legacy of Bray Wyatt slash John Cena. Oh, who knew? He wants to prove that he has darkness inside him. We've seen an evil John Cena before, but 
Not not according to WWE. Bray no. Wyatt versus John Cena. There are trash cans on fire, and it's dark, and a woman belly dances with a pair of swords. Bray lights his lantern and says, New Orleans, we're here, and blows it out. The band Code Orange, who does the theme, does a great-sounding live rendition of the song. For once, we're treated to a fucking awesome live band experience. And also, Code Orange has continued to do Bray Wyatt's theme songs. Really? Because, yeah, they were the ones who did the Fiend song, too. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will say, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, this this early iteration of Bray Wyatt, one of my favorites. Like, I do like the Fiend and stuff like that, but, like, this was a very cool character. Oh, yeah, it was different. Yes. Eric Rowan and Luke Harper come out with Wyatt. John Cena gets his normal entrance with a garbage t-shirt that says, You can't stop me. Pretty garbage for John Cena. (laughs) See, his character did change. It usually says, You can't see me. Yeah, there you go. Cole tells us that John Cena is 7-3 at WrestleMania. Bray Wyatt kneels. Uh, in the middle of the ring, he offers himself to John Cena and says, it can end right now. And give him what they came to see. To be the monster they want him to be. Be the monster you are, John. Finish me. (laughs) (laughs) Cena shakes his head no and Wyatt attacks, but Cena counters with a headlock takedown. Wyatt early with the punches and headbutts. Cena comes back with big clotheslines, then tacks wide in the corner, who needs to be drug off by the ref. He then keeps pushing the ref and getting in his face. Cena is walking around the ring, holding his head conflicted, as Harper yells, let him out, which causes John Cena to hit mounted punches on Wyatt. Oh no. I know. He's, he's going to and the And then he also, does like a, he also does like a clothesline instead of his usual flying shoulder in this match. Oh no. Those clotheslines are the just the devil. Yeah, well, yes. They're much more vicious than a flying clothesline. John Cena continues to hold his head to show that he's thinking. Because how else would you show that, that you're thinking? This gives Wyatt well, the opportunity to attack. <laughs> Cena hits a drop kick out of nowhere to a boo from the crowd. This was before Super Worker Cena. Yes. So. Uh, Bray hits a sleeper hold. Cena starts hitting his shoulder tackles and then gets a smile on his face and goes for the five-knuckle shuffle. But Wyatt does his spider pop-up and scares Cena, who falls on his ass. Yes, he's just like, Bray Wyatt, have you seen The Exorcist? I'm Linda Blair. And then he just sits up like go. that and does that, yeah. The front row is swinging their hands and singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Uh, oh, yeah, we didn't talk about that, did we? During the build-up of this match, this, he's got, he sings the whole world in his hands. He'd have these kids come down. Wow. Oh, I thought the creepy kid was later. Maybe it was. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Yeah, that's true. It's been a while. Anywho... Uh, Bray conducts his invisible orchestra and then goes back to beating down John Cena. 
Cena then out of nowhere hits a top rope swinging DDT and is shocked when he can only get a two count. Because, you know, it's your finisher. Yeah, everybody knows that John Cena's finisher is the Tornado DDT. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Cena goes to the top rope leg drop, but Wyatt turns into a power bomb for a two count. Cena picks up Bray for an AA. Way counter, uh, Wyatt counters uh, with a two count. On the ring apron, Cena tries to pick up Bray, but he gets out, and Bray hits a DDT on the quote-unquote hardest part of the ring, and gets only gets a two count. Cena takes out Rowan and Harper with a crossbody block to the floor. Cena then picks up the ring steps, and is going to hit Wyatt with it, but then he doesn't. Wyatt see, that would that would give Wyatt what he wants. Yes. Uh, Wyatt then hits a seated senton for two. Cena then throws him out of the ring. Harper stalks Cena, but Cena spears Harper through the timekeeper's area. Cena was unprovoked. Oh, I don't know why I wrote that. Anyway, <laughs> Cena is able to encounter a sister's Abigail's kiss, which we never fucking see again, it seems like. Unless they just called it the sister Abigail going forward. I don't know. I think they just called it the Sister Abigail after this. Okay. God damn, that's a long-ass name. <laughs> um, he gets the STF, but Way Wyatt reaches the ropes. Bray brings a steel chair into the ring, throws it to Cena, but he drops it. Uh, oh, sorry. He then drops to his knees and allows Cena a free shot. And the ref is yelling, John, don't do this. Don't, we don't want you to do this. Cena then hits Rowan with the chair. Cena then hits an AA and picks up the win at 22 minutes and 27 seconds. So, <laughs> I want to know what your take on the match was because this match gets a bad rap, I think. All right. So, as a match, I think it's fine. The story is utter bullshit because here's the thing. We saw this same storyline with John Cena, like, last year when Kane came back and had the spooky mask. Yes, his welder's mask. Yes, and this is essentially Embrace the Hate Volume 2. But here's here's the difference. Bray Wyatt should have won this match because... He's the new guy. He's the new guy. He is... A heel that they'll continually try to push. And the big problem that Bray Wyatt had was that he could never seem to win a match. They would kept giving him all these big matches, and he never won, except for the time that he, he and his brothers beat the Shield? Like, that was about it. So, like... I don't know. I think that um, this is one of the matches that really give Cena the like the Super Cena thing mm-hmm. like a bad rap it's like this and like SummerSlam 2010 yes when he when he single handed the, the Nexus yeah yes um, so it's like I don't know Bray Wyatt like deserves better and I hope that he gets it wherever he's gonna go next um, but yeah that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah I, mean, I enjoyed the match for what it was yeah, the story was kind of goofy, but, like, I just remember, like, everyone was like, oh, that match sucked, oh, it was terrible. And then, like, when they did the rematch at WrestleMania, I think, 36, 35? 
whatever it was. It, and, I think it was 36. And then they were like, oh, that match. Oh, man. No, this one was so much better than the last one. It's like, give me a break. This was at least a wrestling match. Right, whereas the other one was a movie. Um, I will. I, I mean, like like I said, the match itself is fine. Bray Wyatt is a very capable worker, and John Cena, at this point in his career, can work a match. So it's fine for what it is. It's just the story itself and the outcome is, I think, where the exasperation comes from. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on, this was the WWE Diet Mountain Dew era, where every time we cut to the announce table, there were unopened, undrank bottles of Diet Mountain Dew with their labels pointed towards the camera. No, there was one that was drank. Really? Jerry, Jerry Lawler loves Mountain Dew, so he would drink the Diet Mountain Dew. Oh, well, good for him. At least someone did. But JBL and and Cole were just like, like fuck that holding stuff. their bottles of Diet Mountain Dew. They're just like, can we have regular Mountain Dew? Yeah, might do be, the might Dew. Taste, might, <laughs> might taste better. Yes. And now they now it's Mountain Dew Kickstart. Yep. Next Wait, up, we I've have the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony. This year's Yay. entrants are Jake the Snake Roberts, Lita, posthumously Paul Bear. As we'll get into later. Yes. And probably the worst speech ever, where he spoke about thanking his mother for giving birth to him, Mr. T. I remember that man, that speech going, what in the fuck? And then when they cut him off, he's like, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry, I gotta go. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. Well, they didn't want a Hillbilly Jim situation where we'd go on for 10 hours. Oh, he went on for 10 hours. You gotta thank the women. I gotta thank my mother. He didn't talk about WrestleMania 1. Or anything. It was weird. It would have been funny if he talked about his time in WCW where he had that match with Kevin Sullivan where he was... Where he had, like, the sleeping cap on and dressed like a referee even though he was wrestling. The hell? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carlos Colon, Razor Ramon, and Ultimate Warrior. Alright, can we talk about Carlos Colon for <laughs> just a minute? Yeah, like, he's a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, yeah, and honestly, like, shouldn't be in... The Hall of Fame. I mean, I have my I have my gripes against Warrior for you know personal reasons, but like you could argue that he had a Hall of Fame career, but like Carlos Colon like murdered, uh, helped murder somebody, yeah, and, helped murder Bruiser Brody, right, and has never had any repercussions and has continued to work and become very wealthy in Puerto Rico. Yeah. No, so. I don't disagree. Right. All right. Daniel Bryan is shown lifting his arm while being bandaged up and showing the damage from Triple H. Oh, I just remembered one other thing. Yeah. About the Hall of Fame this year. Uh, Paul Bearer's son eating gum the entire time he was at the, giving, like, accepting the award and, like, very noticeably, like, chewing with his mouth open which was a little weird and then later that this same year he used the hall of fame ring to propose to his girlfriend ah oh, that's disgusting yes it is i'm sorry like here's my dad's wrestling ring 
Will you marry me? Did, did she say yes? I don't know if she said yes. I mean, obviously I, it meant a lot to him, but that's just kind of like, ah, oh, I couldn't afford a ring for you. Right. Because, like, he he's one of these people who's kind of, like, done, like, the indie circuit, and it's like, oh, my dad's Paul Bearer, so, you know, hire me for this job and yeah. that sort of thing. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. Ricardo Rodriguez has been moved to the Spanish commentary table. Good for him. Now it's his time for the under... Wait, now it's his time? Now it's time for the Undertaker versus Brock Lesnar's. It is Ricardo Rodriguez's time to talk about Brock Lesnar versus the Undertaker. Huzzah! Hey, yay! <laughs> I would love to see him do a Brock Lesnar intro. Lesnar, yeah. No, he'd have to roll all those R's. Oh, God. <laughs> His tongue would fall out. <laughs> yes. Lesnar gets his typical entrance, but they milk it before the Undertaker comes out, and there are caskets lined up with each person's name on them, who's been defeated at WrestleMania. Undertaker hair, Undertaker's hair has been shaved off, leaving a strip at the top. I well, don't... He, had that, he had that last year, too. At WrestleMania 29, he had okay. the shaved head. I thought it was shaved, mohawk. but he didn't have the little—he didn't have the landing strip. Well, I think I well, I think it was shaved, and he had the sides cleaned, so it was like a wide mohawk. Ah. And this year, it was just like a small mohawk. But Undertaker looked like shit before this match even started. Like he did not look good. Yeah. Like he looked bandaged up and beat up and. All sorts of stuff like I don't like I don't think this match should have gone on. So uh in the center of the ring they both men face off. Punches back and forth, but Lesnar gets the advantage early. Lesnar smashes into the post shoulder first, after missing a spear into the corner. Lesnar falls out of the ring, but Taker follows and punches him over and over and over again. Undertaker goes for a choke slam, but Paul Heyman screams, No! In the background, uh, they put Lesnar, sets him up for an F5, but he gets out. Uh, Undertaker goes for a big boot, but misses, getting hung up on the top rope. This allows Lesnar to run the uh, and get the leg out from underneath the Undertaker and hit it in the post re repeatedly. Lesnar keeps working over the legs of Undertaker. Snake eyes by the Undertaker, a big boot by uh, that follows up to by Taker. A two count on Lesnar. Undertaker hits a choke slam. Uh, but again, Lesnar kicks out. Lesnar then hits an F5, but Taker kicks out. Paul Heyman is now angry on the outside. Lesnar is locked into the Hell's Gate, but Lesnar is able to pick up Taker and slam him down to break the move. Lesnar then is in the Hell's Gate again, and he's turning purple at this point. He's Big Grape Lesnar, which is Big Grape Energy. Um, Undertaker then puts Lesnar in the arm lock. There's a lot of yelling and screaming by Brock. Eventually, he's able to get to the ropes and then beat down the Undertaker. Undertaker goes for an old school, but Lesnar lifts him up and delivers an F5. But Undertaker is able to kick out of that at two. Paul Heyman then gives Brock Lesnar a speech, saying that Brock Lesnar is a conqueror. This motivates Lesnar to go back up and beat up the Undertaker some more. Lesnar then climbs to the second rope to continue punching, but Undertaker... Hits a last ride, and he then hits a tombstone pile driver, 
but Lesnar kicks out at two. He then Lesnar hits a third F5 and gets the pinfall. Paul Heyman's eyes are popping out of his head. The crowd is booing. There are fans that are in disbelief. The last thing everyone cares about is dead now. And Paul Heyman keeps repeating, Brock, you did it. I remember sitting there. Then there is a small bullshit chant. Uh, as a big graphic just comes up in the ring, says 21 and 1 uh, on the screen, and Undertaker just lies there. But damn, I remember sitting there with my buddy, us watching this, and he gets the pinfall, and we're like, holy shit. They let Brock Lesnar, of all people, for years. We've been watching the streak, and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. And the one thing everyone said is, they need to get the streak. They need to get someone new, someone young, to put over. Like breaking the streak is like the last big thing the WWE still has. And they fucking threw it away on Brock Lesnar, who was well already over. He was a fucking UFC heavyweight champion. Legit. True. All of this is true. However, I will say that when when I initially watched this, I thought it was a mistake when they counted the pinfall because what we haven't mentioned is I think it was during the second F5, the one where... Uh, Lesnar countered the old school into the F5. Undertaker got concussed at some point during this match. And everything else that he did, like the old school, all this other stuff, he looked like he did not know where the hell he was. He was unsteady on his feet. He looked like we get selling and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but this looked like something was legitimately wrong. And then the count happens after the third F5, which is not unusual for there to be multiple F5s mm-hmm. in, in a match. But it looked like, with the way that the count was done, it looked like this was a mistake. Like, it was like a weird kind of slow count, mm-hmm. which usually leads to one of those, like, long... Like, it looked like one of... Like, the count was, like, set up for, like, a long two-count sort of deals. And it ended up just counting the three so it looked at at least initially like there was a mistake the crowd you did say that there was booze but i remember there being like deadly silence like they were just like oh my god oh yeah and then, of course and then of course there's that gift of the of the guy clutching his head in front row that they keep that's been a meme for yeah for years for however long it's been and so yeah, no, I, I just remember, like, thinking it was a mistake and then also thinking that they did that because Undertaker had gotten hurt and he just couldn't continue with the match. Like, those were the thoughts that I had had initially upon seeing this. Yeah, and again, this is another match that was like, you know, hey, I know the outcome. It's not as good. But I remember watching it live going, holy shit, you know, like, what's going to happen? And then seeing that, you know, that the streak is over. 
My immediate thought was, well, what the fuck does Undertaker do now? That was the last thing WWE still had in their, like, book of, like, shit people believe. I think it could be argued that Undertaker should have retired here. Oh, I agree. 100%. Because, like, honestly, he, all of his other performances after this weren't really up to par. Um, in comparison, he's never really had a classic match after his WrestleMania 29 match, and you could argue that he only had that because of his opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I, I think, I think that probably the, the thing that should have happened was Undertaker should have retired here, but uh, clearly that didn't happen because they Lesnar and Undertaker went on to have a feud uh, two years after this, um, which was bizarre as well. Um, some of the things that happened in that feud, so. So Undertaker slowly stands to his feet, blah, 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 blah. The announcers use a serious tone. Whatever. Commercial for WrestleMania 31 is located at Levi's Stadium in California, also known affectionately as WrestleMania Play Button. Yes, because WrestleMania 30 is the last numbered WrestleMania because Vince thought that it was too old sounding if it was WrestleMania 31. Yeah, imagine if the uh, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Cowboy, I don't, I don't know. Super Bowl, Cowboy, and then the Cowboys aren't playing, and exactly. it's very awkward. Yes. <laughs> Match I completely forgot about, the Vicky Guerrero Divas Invitation Championship. For the first time, the Divas Championship is being defended at WrestleMania. Vicky yes. gets on the mic and says that she wishes AJ Lee luck. Everyone goes after AJ, but they end up beating each other up. I thought this was a battle royal, but there was a pinfall attempt. People were fighting yeah, on no, the there, side. There's just 14 women in this match. Yeah, I'm not even going to fucking bother. There were six different pins at once, but everyone kicks out. The pin is blocked. Or, or the pin is blocked. The Bella Twins hit stereo suicide dives to all the divas on the floor, but can get in the ring and start uh, fighting each other, and then put and then pushing, and then Nikki hits her finisher on Bree, but the pinfall is stopped. Tamina comes in and Samoa drops Natalia. AJ Lee hits a back Black Widow on Naomi, and keeps the title. The women worked hard, but what a fucking pointless match I wrote. Yes, and can we just mention that? Several of the women who are in this match are still working in the WWE today. Sure. Which is, I th- well, it's for our, our fairly recent WrestleMania, there are a lot of, like, people who don't work for WWE anymore on this match. And women don't last in the WWE for very, very long. No. But we've, met, we've mentioned Naomi, we've mentioned Natalia, Tamina. Um, I think, who else was in this match? Um, I mean, the Bell Twins show up from time to time. Like all, the, a lot of these people are still working in the company, which, especially for the women's division, is unusual. I agree. All right, ready to move on? Yes. 
All right. Mean Gene is in the back, and he says he's loving WrestleMania. He introduces Hulk Hogan, and he says, Well, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. But Rowdy Piper and Paul Orndorff show up and says that he's okay with losing the first ever WrestleMania main event. But Paul gets upset when Mr. T shows up. And then I think it's Pat Patterson or someone that shows up in an old-time ref's uniform and says, It was 30 years ago. Hogan uh, says to bury the hatchet. All the men shake hands. It takes a bit of effort for Piper to shake Mr. T's hand, but he eventually does. Ah, So they've hated each other for 30 years, but now they're burying the hatchet. I mean, yes, true. But also, Rowdy Piper's like, I'm okay with losing the first WrestleMania main event to you, Hulk Hogan, and then Mr. T shows up and he gets angry? Yes. Like, I guess Rowdy Piper's just a humongous racist? I mean, I guess that's always been the case, but like... His character has just morphed into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. WWE Heavyweight Championship match. Randy Orton versus Batista versus Daniel Bryan. Huzzah. Randy yes. Orton, the heavyweight champion, comes out. He's played out live. It was weird. Batista didn't get a, his fireworks display or anything. So he did his little move on the ground. It just looked weird. It's kind of like when he did it at WrestleMania 21. <laughs> Because he did the same thing. He did the little machine gun thing there, but there was no fireworks yet because yes. they weren't sure he's going to be a big star. <clears throat> we don't want to spend the money on you, Dave. Uh, Dave, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not like you're in like one of the biggest movies of Ever. the year at this point. The crowd comes alive. A one-armed Daniel Bryan makes his way to the ring. In a goof, Daniel Bryan... Wait, in a goof, Daniel Bryan is introduced by Justin Roberts when all three men are in the ring... Wait, What? In a goof, Daniel Bryan is introduced by Justin Roberts. When all three men are in the ring, he starts doing the yes chant with both arms. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. He started doing the yes chant with both arms when his arms were supposed to be all busted up and broken. Yes. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. fine. Don't worry. As soon as the bell ring, Daniel Bryan hits a running drop kick, and Batista's knocked out of the ring. Orton attacks the shoulder, sending Daniel Bryan out of the ring. Batista and Orton fight along the outside. Orton is thrown into the stairs by Batista. Batista tries a Batista bomb on the stairs, but Orton blocks it with a back body drop uh, into the stairs. Orton then starts going after Daniel Bryan to take him out of the match for some time. Um, Scott Armstrong is a crooked ref. He takes over refereeing duties because the other ref was knocked out of the ring because Triple H and Stephanie came running through the running through the crowd. I like how Scott Armstrong is the crooked ref because he's the brother of the road dog. Yes. <laughs> um, Brian, Brian kicks Scott Armstrong in the head and then hits a suicide dive on a Triple H. Scott Armstrong and Stephanie McMahon are in the... In the uh, Scott Armstrong and Stephanie McMahon... Oh, it's all three of them. Sorry, yeah. the way I wrote it was kind of goofy. Uh, the crowd's going nuts at this point. Triple H grabs a sledgehammer, but Brian uses it against Triple H and rolls up Batista for a two-count. The original ref, Michael... Uh, Michael... Kyoto? Kyoto, thank you. I spelled his name horribly. Uh, is back refereeing 
Uh, Orton goes for this crazy, uh, goes crazy on the outside, beating down Daniel Bryan, attacking the shoulder. Now both Randy Orton and Batista are attacking Daniel Bryan. Um, both the English and Spanish announce tables are torn apart as the monitors are slammed against the head of Daniel Bryan. A very audible CM Punk chant breaks out, but Daniel, uh, but Daniel Bryan has Batista, is Batista bombed into an RKO, and poor Randy Orton, the monitors, oh yeah, okay, that's what it was, so there's yeah. a spot where, um, they have the English announce table and the Spanish announce table, and Daniel Bryan essentially is lifted up by Batista into a Batista bomb, but then on the Spanish announce table, uh, instead of power bombing him, he... RKO's him backwards, and poor Randy yeah. Orton, one of the LCD monitors, didn't get moved, and he smashes his back into this LCD monitor. And he has this humongous gash on his shoulder, and it looked nasty. Yeah. The move itself looked pretty cool. It did, but then it was also uh, slightly ruined by Batista audibly going, you okay to Randy? Afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> the lower back of Orton is bleeding. Medical staff is bringing down a stretcher to put Daniel Bryan in a neck brace as Batista attacks Orton. The crowd chants for Daniel Bryan with both Daniel Bryan and Batista are down at this point. And Orton is gloating as he pounds. Um, uh, D okay, so then Daniel Bryan gets up. He turns it. Daniel Bryan turns an RKO into a yes lock. But Batista breaks up the hold. The RKO is blocked by Batista. Batista goes for a spear, but Orton leapfrogs and takes out Daniel Bryan. And Orton hits an RKO and the crowd boos. Batista kicks out in a two. Orton then sets up for a punt kick, but out of no, out of frame, Daniel Bryan hits a running knee kick. Batista then throws Daniel Bryan out of the ring, but only gets a two count on Orton. Um, Batista then hits a Batista bomb. Uh, but Daniel Bryan hits a running knee onto Batista. Locks in the yes lock. The crowd is going nuts at this point. Daniel, My Daniel Bryan makes Batista tap out. Your new heavyweight champion is Daniel Bryan. Yes. This match was very, very good. Um, it could be argued that it was better done the first time. <laughs> I say that half-jokingly, but a lot of the spots in this match were taken directly from the Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, Triple H um, match from WrestleMania 20. So um, a lot of people are like, there have been some like rumors online like, oh, maybe they did that so they could show this match instead of that match mm. in all their like promo packages and stuff. Gotcha. I don't know. But... Um, very good match overall. Um, um yeah, uh, like I said for the other matches, you know, it was very much a match of you don't know what's going to happen, so that helped the initial viewing. But I, I thought the match went on a little bit long. Um, I also just felt like there was like big spot, a lot of downtime. Big spot, a lot of downtime. I think they needed to do that for Batista. Probably. He, I think, got gassed a lot pretty quickly. Yeah. Um. So I think that's probably what it was. 
um, for the most part. Randy Orton and Daniel Bryan did most of the work in this match. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but overall, pretty good. I will say that um, there is this one spot that's a little bothersome to me. Um, when Daniel Bryan holds up the titles um, for the first time and he holds them up to the hard cam, some asshole in the crowd holds up a sign at the same time and blocks out Daniel Bryan. Ah, yes. Yeah. So Jackass. it's like, it's like, all right, great. Like, could you not have moved the sign? I mean, um, overall, they but... did what we wanted. Daniel Bryan got the championship. They also showed Connor in the crowd with his dad. I think this was the last WrestleMania that Connor was alive. Right, um, and then they did. They have like a Connor Award now. So, um. I was doing some research on this match. In 2019, Daniel Bryan went on the Jimmy Jacobs Doesn't Know podcast and said that he had one regret about WrestleMania 30, and that was not being able to share the moment with his then-fiancé, Brie. He Hmm. said in a quote, The worst part about WrestleMania 30 is that my wife didn't get to come down to the ring. She was always in Gorilla. Oh, she was in Gorilla waiting for me. I pulled my sister and my nieces in the ring. Bree wanted to come to the ring, and she asked, and they said, no, don't go down. They told her not to go down to the ring, he recalled. He said, I'm not someone who likes to relive life through pictures, but one of my favorite pictures of, is of my sister and my niece at WrestleMania 30. If you ask me where we did those matches... I don't even remember. To me, the moments are hugging Connor, seeing my mom, my sister, and my niece there. Seeing Bree and William Regal and all the people that I know and love in the back, that they were so happy for me, seeing that gave me more emotion than the actual fan base. My biggest regret is that I didn't get to celebrate in that moment with the confetti coming down with my wife. Like, come on. It's so fucking petty of the WWE. Like, this wasn't a hidden secret. Like, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella were, you know, know, engaged to be married. No, because Little Bellas had been a thing for years. And it's not like they they... were heels. So it's not like you're ruining any fucking storylines. You know. Well, were were the Bellas faces at this point? I think they were. I don't know. Because that's, the, because that's the only thing I could think of is like, oh, well, we have super babyface Daniel Bryan. He can't be seen with his heel wife. Oh, yeah. God forbid, you know. Just fuck. The you kids know? will be so confused. Yes. No, I, I thought that was an interesting comment, though. Just saying, like, hey, I mean, it was great. I won. I was happy. But he gave more fuck about people like William Regal. You know, yeah. people like his wife, like, yeah, he's happy for the fans. Like we get what we get. We're happy for him. But ultimately, you know, wrestling is very much a one kind of one person career. It's you. And it's the right. people you make friends with and, you know, who care about you. And it's obviously the people in the back. I will always remember, though, there was, I, I forgot if it was a shot, I, I think it was WrestleMania 30, 
where he hugs Vince McMahon and Vince McMahon's like, yeah, great job. Yeah, great job out there. And then he's like putting the titles away. They have like a tool chest, like a craftsman tool chest where the titles go away, you know, to get to be, you know, securely protected. And he's mm. just putting them away in this tool chest, like putting away his toys. because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have like the little like foam like they literally just it's like a little you ever look at a craftsman tool chest with, like wrenches and stuff it's literally you yeah, just yeah. pull it out it's like a foam it's like a foam imprint where the the belt goes and you just shut it and that's well, how they you know i guess i guess that's better than having the wrestlers have to carry the belts with them everywhere yes. oh yeah when you're growing up you're thinking like i have to take that shit through uh if i take that shit through the airport well, well, Jericho did because I yes. remember reading his books, like talking about having to carry both belts. I always remember RVD and Sabu getting pulled over, and he's got the fucking title right there, and he's like, "Oh, you're a wrestler? Yeah, I'm the WWE champion. All right, license of registration, please." What's your name? <laughs> oh, RVD, I've heard of you. And who's this? Sabu. Uh, I've never heard of Sabu. Looks kind <laughs> of. Uh, let me check our uh, notice. Ah, fuck's sake. I can say, though, that overall, WrestleMania 30 was a good show. Like, it delivered on pretty much... It delivered. We got really good matches. I think really the only bad match was that Divas Invitational. And what do you expect? Um, This wasn't the year of women yet. No, it was not. That was was a couple couple more years down the road. But... I mean, this was a three and a half hour show, four hour show. It went by quick. I was actually kind of shocked reading through these results because it's been a while since I've watched WrestleMania 30 because we were originally supposed to do this like nine months ago. Yes. Um, like how little there actually was in terms of shows or matches, I mean. Right. I mean, everything was given time to breathe for mm-hmm. the most part, except for the Shield match. Yes, for um, some reason. Which was for some reason but like everything else was paced pretty well um, i also and... wonder if the new age outlaws i mean obviously they suck around for a little while after this but i mean they're older it is what it is true they probably couldn't go um but yeah i will say like this is probably the first wrestlemania in a while that we haven't really complained about like celebrities no involvement and stuff like that. Like this was none. a pretty, there was a, this was a pretty streamlined show. Everything made sense. Like Hulk Hogan was the host, but he wasn't like overly involved. He had two segments, Yeah, you know, like it, everything was fine. Um, and so it, it's a good show. The one thing I wanted to ask about is how do you feel about this being a, um, zero show uh a show that ends in zero and it not being in madison square garden i care less honestly i'm glad they got rid of madison square garden because it's a it's a small it's a small venue right it is who the hell cares they go back there every fucking year multiple times a year like at the end of the day the set is the set and yeah, and I oh I gotta say I did like the set for this year's WrestleMania, the big LED, New Orleans, wavy like uh, what is it? Like, it looks like the hat. Yes, it it, it had neat. a very Mardi Gras feel to yeah, it. Yeah, that's it, Mardi Gras. I like 
Yeah, I, I like. But I mean, this ultimately, one though, than... you could have told me you were anywhere else. I would have been like, okay, cool. It's not like yeah. being in, you know, the WWE likes to say like, oh, the Masked Guard in our home. Like, who, who the fuck cares? Everyone says Wrestle, uh, Masked Square Garden's a, a dump. I'm just bringing it up because, like, it's tradition. Ah, and fuck tradition. One, That's why I look of, at it. And one of the things, well, one of the things was there was some scuttlebutt, apparently, at the time that Vince was nervous because he was breaking tradition. Like, 1, 10, and 20 had all been in Madison Square Garden. So, like, that's that's it. No, I mean, like... I think I, the I, WWE I puts too much stock in their own shit. And I don't think people give a fuck one way or another. Okay. I really don't. I like no. Madison Square Garden. Uh, I, I, I Honestly, you could tell me any arenas in Madison Square Garden, I'd be like, okay, cool. There's no, like, a def- there's not a defining feature. They'd be like, this is definitely Madison Square Garden. Like, oh, okay. The entire arena is empty and dark. I don't see any difference on TV. But uh, I, I, to me, I don't care. Do whatever. I actually like these huge arenas. You can get a bazillion people in there, and they're loud as fuck. And they usually have these kick-ass stages because they actually have the room to build these elaborate sets. And it makes WrestleMania feel special compared to every other pay-per-view, which is just a giant LCD screen. Right, because it, everything has to look like Raw or SmackDown now. Yes. Yes. Are you ready to find out these star ratings? What did the Wrestling Observer Dave Meltzer have to say? Because he's the only Wrestling Observer. Yes. Triple H versus Daniel Bryan. Four and a quarter stars. I think that's generous, but okay. Shield match. Two stars. Generous again, because nothing happened. The Battle Royal? Three stars. Okay. Cena versus Bray Wyatt? Three and a half stars. Alright. Undertaker versus Lesnar? Your guess. A dud. One and a half stars. Okay. Divas Invitational? One and negative a quarter. two stars. Yeah, I'm actually surprised it wasn't negative. Uh, one and a quarter star. And then Randy Orton versus Batista versus Daniel Bryan, four and, and a half. half stars. Okay, I think Dave was in a good mood. I know it was a good show. It, no, it was a good show. It was a good show. It just seems like on certain years. Dave Meltzer either scores WrestleMania, like we've liked WrestleManias, and then we've seen the star ratings, and we were like, "What the hell is this?" So you know, I think like sometimes Dave is in a good mood, and he'll score things a little bit better than if he's in a bad mood. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I'm looking at my WrestleMania 31. I am up to. I had just finished the Sting versus Triple H match, so I still have to watch some stuff. Okay. I I'm I can do WrestleMania 31 whenever I have my stuff. I'm up to the point where Travis Gray or Travis Barker and Skylar Gray play the WrestleMania song live and Oh yeah. The Phoenix. So that was WrestleMania 30. 
We will be doing WrestleMania 31 sometime down the line in the next couple weeks. Yes, it won't not be months. And years. So, we haven't had a year-long break ever. I guess. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Reviewomania.com. You can find all our Bono episodes and our half-ass attempt at watching Dynamite for three weeks in a row. And, uh, yeah, all our WrestleManias. Until next time, be safe. Take care. Uh...